High Noon with George Hook. Thanks to ClaytonHotels.com with 17 hotels across Ireland and the UK. Now, I'm joined by journalist and broadcaster Maggie Doyle. You can hear Maggie tomorrow on Here Come the Girls at about 1.30. But uh, I'm hearing about rip-off card charges. Uh, Maggie, welcome to the programme. Hi, George. I thought the days of ripping off on credit cards were gone forever. Well, soon they they will be much less than, than they have been. This is all because of an EU directive. Okay, now that's going to be happening next January. So the charges that they'll be able to, to charge us will be much, much reduced, okay? Like almost insignificant. But the news out this week is that the UK has now gone one step further and they are now going to completely ban credit cards being able to charge. Okay, now this is when... Uh, you go online to buy something, to book something, whether it's a flight or a holiday or, you know, buy some food or whatever it might be. Sometimes you're charged. Now, George, I don't know if you've ever been charged before when you use your credit card. And, and very often you'll get charged more if you're using your credit card than your debit card. The the vary, the fees can really vary. Um, it but can uh, be- sorry, Maggie, mm. I think I'm like most people. I, I don't know the difference between what happens with my credit card or my debit card and I also don't know I think most people don't know when they're overcharged how would you know you're overcharged well you, this is the thing actually and it's kind of difficult to find out really what pay, what what you are being charged sometimes by businesses now first of all I'll tell you the difference between your credit card and your debit card your debit card is is uh, you know you can only use that Cash if there's only, money basically, if, yeah. if there's money in your account you yeah. can use it but the credit card obviously you know you, you go into credit you pay yeah. a lot on your, um, on your fees and all the rest of it. Um, so basically now the news out this week is that the UK government has decided, right, that's it. No more credit cards been able to charge loads to the consumer, uh, whether it's 2% or 3% or whatever. So I started to look into what sort of charges uh, were charged here in Ireland. Now, according to the Consumers Association, uh, who are quoted in some of today's newspapers, they say the travel industry is the worst offender. So I've just done a kind of a quick look around, George, to see um, who's charging. Now, you spoke to Michael O'Leary yesterday, of course, on the programme from Ryanair. Um, Ryanair do charge a 2% standard fee. So if you book your flight from Dublin to Stansted or whatever it is, and let's say it's costing you 70 quid or whatever it might be, 70 euros, you're going to be charged 2% on that if you pay with a credit card. Yeah, but, that's, that's quite a lot. But hold a while though, Michael mm. O'Leary, and who am I to defend Michael O'Leary, but anybody, even if it's your local grocery store, if they take your credit card, isn't the credit card company charging them money for it? In other words, if you, if you give them a 50 euro note, there'd be no charge. If you give them a, a credit card for 50 euro, they might be charged for argument's sake of fiver. Yes, but you see, um, it's very difficult again to determine exactly how much the market merchant is charging or the merchant is charged the merchant being somebody like Ryanair um, I spoke to somebody yesterday who who kind of works in the in the general um, area of credit cards and banking and all the rest of it more from a business point of view and he described it as an ecosystem that there's all these different layers you've got the credit card companies like the Visa's the MasterCard you've got the merchants uh, you've got the consumer of course at the bottom of the line and it's actually quite difficult to figure out yeah, where the money is going But there are two things how merchants react for instance quite interesting in certain countries I've been in, particularly Britain and America, I must say, a restaurant will say to you, look, if you pay cash and don't pay by credit card, 
we'll charge you less for your dinner because it's cheaper for them to give you, say, 2% discount when they're charged 5% by the credit card company. A lot of people also, um, I don't know now, it doesn't seem as popular, but when American Express was really popular, they charge more than anybody Mm. else. So some merchants would say, we'll take any credit card you like, but we won't take American Express. Yes, and American Express can sometimes charge up to 5% at some points. Let me just go back to some of the different companies and what they charge and what they might do with the money. Um, CityJet, for example, another airline, because yeah. I talked about Ryanair. So Ryanair, a 2% fee. Now, some people might find that high. CityJet charge a 3% card payment fee. Um, it's charged for tickets purchased with credit and debit cards. Okay. Now, now, the Ryanair 2% charge is only on credit cards, not on debit cards. So that might be interesting for people. Um, I had a look then at ferry companies. People might be booking holidays. You know, they might be heading over to Britain. Um, Irish ferries, it would appear there's no extra charge. Stenoline will charge a six euro charge. That applies to credit card payments. But again, no charge for debit cards. If you then look at some of the... Can I just stop you for a minute? Because you're a woman of some financial probity. That's why you do this kind of stuff on (laughs) consumer affairs. But Maggie, um, the thing is, the bulk of people, can I put it there, would pay by credit card. Because the problem with a debit card is, as you point out, you have to have the cash. Mm. And not all of us have the cash at the moment that we're paying for the airline ticket. Exactly. And and let's not forget as well that the consumer with a credit card, they might have a credit card that's related to their supermarket or, you know, um, a shop that they use a lot. So, in other words, they might be getting other value for using the credit card. So they kind of think, well, look, it's a 2% charge, but actually I'm getting the points or I'm getting, you I know, I can vouchers. get a free carving knife Something from like my that. supermarket. Yeah, which ultimately is probably a bit of a cod. I, I actually, um, uh, my guest, of course, Maggie Doyle, journalist and broadcaster on the issue of the great credit card ripoff, 53106, you can send me um, a text on that as somebody did. How about uh, the annual tax of just having a credit card? That's interesting. I got a bill for 122 quid for the privilege of having a MasterCard. I'd like the, the credit card fee. So yeah. your bank is charging you that? Yeah, 122 quid for the year. And is it worth it? Which of course it's worth it. If I don't have any money, I can use the credit card. Isn't that what we do? Isn't that why we use credit cards? So when we go to Poznan for the football, we can just spend countless amounts of money. Isn't that the point? Now, let me tell you a little bit more about the rip-off here, okay? Because you asked about um, the credit cards, like what are the credit card companies doing and why are they charging the money? Um, have you heard of Just Eat? It's a food delivery website. I, I sort of had a flashing past my car recently on a mm. bicycle. So Just Eat, um, they operate in, in this country. They're a UK-based company, but they operate here as well. And basically what they do, it's a very clever idea, I suppose, really. Um, it's a company that has lots of different takeaway restaurants, whether it's your local Chinese or your burger yeah. joint or whatever, your kebab shop. And you can go online and you can order the food and they'll deliver yeah. it to you. Um, how much would you say they charge you if you pay by a card, even if it's like a seven fifty bag of well, chips I and a burger? Well, I suppose the going rate is 2 or 3%. Well, they charge 50 cent, okay, if you pay by a card. 
Okay. 50. 50 cents. But she wouldn't notice 50 cents. Well, Just Eat as a company do notice it, George, because their shares fell yesterday when this news came out of oh. Britain. Their shares fell by 6%. They had their worst trading day since January. This is according to a Financial Times article today. It's probably because 13% of Just Eat's revenues came the 50 from cents? card fees last year. Bloody Because two thirds of the orders made for Unjust Eat are paid for by card. So but they, it, yeah. they're not doing so well uh, on this. The airlines seem to come in for a lot of stick here. But mm. Aileen says, and I know, and she's right, why am I charged per person when I'm booking flights with a credit card rather than per transaction? Because it's only one transaction mm. for four people. Mm. Well, that's that's not right, is it? I mean, they shouldn't be doing that. But of course, this this EU directive now will probably change that or certainly bring that down. I mean, Ryanair said in response to, because obviously Ryanair gets it in the neck for all sorts of fees, but they said, look, the minute the legislation changes, we'll follow the law as, as we always have done. So, I mean, the other interesting point that's come out of the story from the UK is that, and I, I need to do a little bit more digging on this for you, George, but this is fascinating. Um, government departments have actually been raking it in through this system in the UK. Government department? Yeah. So um, if you want to pay your tax bill online with HMRC, um, Her Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs, um, they actually charge you if you want to pay it by credit card. They'll charge a fee ranging from 0.37% to 2.5% depending on whether it's a personal or corporate card. Um, And the DVLA does the exact same. The DVLA is, of course, where you get your driving licence from in the UK. In Swansea. Yeah. Now, the DVLA, from its own data and this is from The Guardian yesterday. It collects more than eight and a half million pounds in those charges in a year. Now, the only thing that um, uh, investigators like you tend to gloss over mm. is that the reason of the, the charges in the first place is because the merchant is charged by the credit card company. Yeah, but we talked about that already. The point is like that it, when I, I'll go back to the example of Just Eat, like if they if they made 13% of their revenues from card fees they weren't paying 13% of their revenues to Visa or MasterCard or whoever it was I don't know how much a company like Just Eat would have paid for the administration of using All the right. credit card but, but see it's really interesting something like PayPal that has grown at a phenomenal rate because it's so easy to send money to your daughter like I did that recently I was just first of all there's the exchange rate if you're sending it in a foreign currency and then suddenly there's a charge. Mm. Now, they're entitled to, I suppose, charge because they're a business. And do they charge you a flat fee or a percentage no, of the amount? It, it, uh, well, they don't say Didn't what you? it is. See, it says uh, what you do is you put in what you want your daughter to receive. So you put in 100 GB pounds, right? It then says, well, that's 125 euro, which is going to be charged to your credit card. So you don't know what rate they're using. Well, you do. They tell you. But I never, who knows what the going rate for, for transfer is. And then they say 536 for administrative charges. Mm. Now, I suppose you could sit down and work it out percentage-wise. Mm. But again, nobody does. And this is why these things work. Because the average person 
doesn't do it. Yeah, and the, the one thing I'll say is, and look, I've just done a very kind of brief kind of look into some of these different companies, and it, and it is actually kind of hard to find even on their websites, and they have to be transparent in their fees. They do have to be by law. So you have to actually have to go right down to the bottom of a website to the tiny little writing at the very yeah. bottom where it'll say something like about, or it might say terms and conditions, and then you have to open that, and there's reams and reams of stuff to read, but you, you should be able to find yeah, it out but there. but David Mack makes a very valid point in the text. He says, like, your local shop might be charged 2% by the credit card company, but big companies like Ryanair might be only charged 0.4%. Mm. Yeah, good point. Um, can I go back to some of the other companies, by the way, just the holiday companies, for people maybe booking, like, holidays for the family. They might be taking four or five, six yeah. people on holiday. Um, I just had a quick look again, say, online. So there was one company, like Club Travel, which covers Abbey Travel, Budget Travel, Go For Less and others. Say on its website, this is on its website, the company reserves the right to charge you in addition for any handling fees incurred by us in relation to bookings made by credit ca- charge card. These fees are currently 2%. And for Visa or MasterCard debit, okay, so that's the debit cards, they will charge a fee of three euros. That's for every every transaction booked. So they're you know they're charging and travelpaths.ie again that, that they look after sun holidays and getgoing.ie they charge 2% on credit cards but nothing on debit cards. But but the thing about this thing like we have administration so we're charging you. I mean what administration? They have to book your holiday anyway. Like, you know, what administration is there? But the problem is, in the last couple of weeks on this program, we've talked about the end of cash. So, like, this is manna from heaven to the credit card companies because if you finish with cash, suddenly everybody will be forced to use their credit card and they're going to make a fortune. Well, it'd be interesting to see, wouldn't it? Imagine if you were booking a holiday for a week, say it was 500 euros or whatever, and if you thought, right... Let's do a little test here and see, can I go up to the office, the actual travel agency on hand, the, hand on the street, cash. hand over the cash? Will they take it? I'm sure they will. And then you don't you don't incur the 2% charge. Well, more for less shops charge nothing. You can, you can buy a bar of chocolate for 50 cents and pay with a credit card for free, says the texter. That doesn't sound very smart. What pain? Well, I suppose. Well, it's no. Usually they say, unless the bill is more than ten quid or something like that, you can't choose a credit card. But no? again, that that's something that will that eventually will just that will no longer be the case because everyone's going to be All using right. their contactless card instead. All right. Well, uh, rip off merchants beware. Maggie Doyle is on the prowl, on the prowl, and Maggie Doyle, of course, will keep fighting the good fight. Coming up next, uh, we have some horrific instances of animal cruelty in Kilkenny. And don't forget, Bill Hughes will be here at 1.30 with another essential song. High Noon with George Hook. Thanks to ClaytonHotels.com with 17 hotels across Ireland and the UK. Welcome back. Well, as everybody knows, I'm not an animal lover, but what I cannot understand is people who torture or kill animals. I I find that uh, quite upsetting. And I'm joined now in the programme by Martina Dunphy from Kilkenny, who had a particularly awful experience. Martina, welcome to the programme. Thank you, George. What happened with you? Um, one of my cats uh, was out last Friday. Um, she 
goes out in the morning time in during the summer. During the winter, she's in the house all the time. But basically, she went out when I was coming to work on Friday. I came home at lunchtime. There was no sign of her. There was no sign of her Friday evening or Friday night. By Saturday, I started to get a bit worried. And then um, my husband said that somebody had said that a calf had been killed in the green across the road from our house on Friday evening. Now, he was convinced it wasn't my cat, but I felt myself that it was. So I went to, I put a post on Facebook on Monday and then people started saying, I think that is your cat. Um, so I called to a few of the neighbours and then I got confirmation that, yes, it was. OK, but how how was the cat killed? Uh, I um, mean... There were two or three young lads aged around 10 or 12 um, in the area with, again, with lurcher dogs. Now, I'm not quite sure how many dogs they had. I think they had two. And what I was told was that my cat was in somebody else's front garden lying out in the sun and that one of the youths picked her up and threw her to the dogs, basically. They chased her from where he threw her across to the green and they caught hold of her and killed her there. So this was a deliberate attempt to kill the cat by, we'll come to the young boys issue in a moment, but uh, by other people who knew well what they were doing by setting dogs uh, on a cat. Now, um, what happens next? I mean, you have rights, the, uh, the cat has rights, and you have rights. So what, What? Uh, how can you get, it seems a strange word to use, but how can you get some kind of satisfaction, A, and then B, how can we send out a warning to other people who might think of doing this? Yes, exactly, George. Well, I went to the Gardaí, having spoken to some of my neighbours, um, on Monday night, I went to the Gardaí Tuesday evening. They took a statement from me yesterday evening, but said that the witnesses couldn't positively identify the youths. Um, however, two of the witnesses who I spoke to who were there told me a name of one of the youths who was involved, which obviously... I can't say over the air, but I said this to the guards and they said nobody positively identified them. So you're at uh, an impasse then, really, aren't you? Unfortunately, yes. He said unless somebody actually took a photo of them or he said he would go back to my area today and see if anybody had CCTV cameras on their houses, which I don't think they do, um, and that if somebody picked up an image of them and that if somebody could mm. positively identify them, okay. um, then they'd be able to do something. Now, you're, you're, you're in Kilkenny. I mean, um, have there been instances, other instances of this? Unfortunately, in yes, George, right. and it is escalating. And that's my concern. I mean, my upset with my cat was huge to me. But I am now in the process of trying to uh, get some kind of an organization set up here, like a kind of a pet watch on the lines of a neighborhood watch where uh, people can look out and keep an eye. And I'm, 
I tell people constantly, please take a photo, please take a photo, because it's like the saying uh, that a picture tells a thousand words. Mm. Well, now, you can't really argue with a photo either, George. On the issue of you, and my guest is Martin Dunphy from Kilkenny, who you heard, a young lad set dogs on her cat. I'm not, as everybody knows, I have difficulty with animals, but the the issue of your cat, you rescue cats, so this is one of a number of cats. Yes, correct. You rescue them, so when you find them originally, they're probably in a pretty poor state anyway, are they? Because that's what you do. Yes, they are, George. They're abandoned presumably or something, are they? Yes, they are, and I have I have two feral cats, actually, well, which were feral. They live in my house now, and they're like part of the fixtures and fittings. I also, George, and I just want to reiterate this, um, I am not blaming the dogs. I'm blaming the people who set the dogs on my cat. And the reason I want to reiterate that is, first of all, a dog won't attack a cat or a human or anybody else or anything else unless they've been trained to do so. I have a a rescued lurcher and a rescued Saluki. The Saluki, I only have him a year and a half. I actually emailed a photo to you yesterday of him lying on the bed with the cat that was killed with her paw on his nose. I only have that dog a year and a half, and I rehabilitated him to love cats. When I got him first, he chased my cats all over. Oh, sorry, Martina. Like, this this story for me has become more and more about you with respect and about uh, animal cruelty in Kilkenny. Okay. I mean, for, uh, this is extraordinary. You, What prompts you to rescue cats or dogs or any kind of animal? I See, I can't understand that. I you know. know. I, un- <laughs> I know. Yeah. So what prompts you to do it? George, I can't bear to see any animal in distress. I just can't. I couldn't look away and walk away. I'm not able to do it. Um, So, you know, and I suppose people around who know me know that now. Um, I have four dogs and the four dogs are rescued. All right. Now, just, I, I, I'm, well, first of all, uh, my, my, my commiserations on your cat, my congratulations on the work you're doing, which I find quite extraordinary. Uh, to close, many people listening might well say, well, 10-year-olds tend to get up to mischief anyway, and they didn't realise the full enormity of what they were doing, sending dogs on cats. So, what, assuming we had um, recognition of photographs and all that kind of stuff for the guardie, what do you think should happen? I think um, children, first of all, and I know you were not into pets and stuff, I was reared with pets. My two daughters were reared with pets. And I think it's good for children to be reared with pets. Now, I know two girls who work for Dogs Trust and they go around to schools with their, um, their, with special dogs that they have trained that children can pat them and talk to them in the schools. And I think that would be a good idea. I think it would be great if more schools took it on board as part of even their curriculum to explain to children 
that animals do have feelings the very same as we do and that you can hurt an animal the same way that you can hurt a human. And maybe if they see it in that light, it might make them more understanding of, you know, that it's not just an animal. All right. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Martina Dunphy from Kilkenny there on that uh, case. I, I find it awful. I mean, you know that I, I have no uh, empathy for animals whatsoever. Um, but I, I can't, you can't condone cruelty um, on anything. It's uh, 10 year old kids. Um, there has long been, I have to say, a sort of history of, of young children torturing animals I think that is worrying because it demonstrates a propensity if you like to enjoy giving pain to others albeit animals and and therefore psychologically it must be deeply worrying for uh, parents who care about those children High Noon with George Hook Thanks to ClaytonHotels.com with 17 hotels across Ireland and the UK. I'm joined now by Keith Redmond of Redmond Dentist Sutton because do-it-yourself dentistry is on the rise. And of course, naturally, if you do it yourself, there might be complaints and apparently the amount of complaints is increasing. Keith, welcome to the programme. Thanks, George. Uh, are people pulling out their own teeth or what are they doing? <laughs> no, um, this report um, was by the Dental Complaints Resolution um, Authority and effectively what they were saying was there was, seems to be an upsurge in people using the internet to attempt uh, dentistry on themselves. And the two main ways they do that is through teeth whitening and, believe it or not, DIY orthodontics where people try to straighten their own teeth um, using it's kind of a clear braces system. So it's like a clear plastic braces system you put on your teeth. Um, so they understandably get what the kind of results you'd imagine uh, when things can go wrong when you don't quite know what you're up to. So um, they then are making complaints about the internet sites that, they've got in the, that they're getting the products from. But of course, those sites not being in Ireland and also not being dentists themselves, um, there's not really much that the Dental Complaints Resolution Authority can do about it. But uh, this, uh, first of all, in the general, like, uh, it is astonishing how people are are so trusting of the internet. Like, they ring up, so, you know, they look up Google and they, and they put in, I have a cough, and next one Google says, you know, you're suffering from terminal watches. <laughs> or that people would suggest uh, do-it-yourself dentistry. I mean, it is unbelievably worrying that people believe that. But having said that, is it not also an indication that you dentists are charging too much and people can't afford to go to the dentist anymore? Well, you see, both of these things, teeth whitening and orthodontics, are elective procedures. So this is, these are cosmetic procedures. This is not a question of people not being able to afford the dentistry that they need. This is dentistry that people want. Um, and also, the, the kind of products that we're, we're talking about here, where you're talking about, say, a two-year orthodontic um, treatment, that's bound to be expensive. Um, teeth whitening in and of itself has come down massively in price across the country, so I really don't think it's all that expensive. So I don't really think expense is the issue. I think people are going for the convenience of it. 
and also it's driving through you know various different websites it's coming through social media people are beginning to see it pop up on their feeds and they think well if my next door neighbor is doing it sure I'll have a go it must be easy but the for example with teeth whitening the problem there is not everybody's teeth can be whitened for example if you've got crowns or fillings in your teeth they don't whiten even if they're white fillings they don't um, if your if your filling is leaking for example and you happen to use one of the teeth whitening products on it if that peroxide gets in underneath your filling you know that's extremely painful um, so there are some people for whom teeth whitening is just not suitable and it's important then that somebody who knows what they're up to can tell you that it's not suitable for you um, also when we do teeth whitening we would use say like a gum shield that's custom made for you that tightly fits your individual teeth but if you get something off the internet it's custom sorry it's a stock thing uh, the, the peroxide flows over the edges and understandably then will burn the gum and can burn the soft tissues yeah. of the mouth but there is also a, a, a kind of do-it-yourself thing in the sense that people now appear um, perfectly happy to go to Eastern Europe or whatever for their dentistry rather than do it in Ireland. Yeah, no, I've spoken to you about that before. I mean, th- look, the fact is that if you need to have a lot of um, kind of dental treatment done, crowns, bridges, root canals, veneers, whatever it is, um, you will always find a country that it's cheaper to have it done in because obviously other countries have different economies and things are just cheaper. Cars are cheaper, houses are cheaper, everything's cheaper, wages are cheaper for everybody. So if you're happy to go to another country, um, the, all I would say is just make sure that you're getting, you're getting some kind of um, review done. You're, getting, you're, you're looking at reports from other people who have been there from Ireland and it's got a good reputation. I've seen some excellent work come back from other countries. Equally, I've seen some horrific work come back from other countries. So it's just important. It's like anywhere. You want to make sure you get a good dentist and not yeah. a bad one. Uh, the, the thing, though, about the do-it-yourself thing for, for a moment is that a lot of this stems, particularly in relation to uh, teeth whitening, a lot of this kind of stems from America where they, are, uh, they have a fetish about your smile, don't they? I mean, they, 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 the whole thing that your teeth must be gleaming white uh, is is very much an American ideal. We're, I thought we were much more relaxed about that kind of stuff. No, I think it's a generational thing. I mean, you know, obviously these things start in America, but they, they like everything, they make their way here. And so it, 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 there is a fashion element to it. But, I mean, the, the people who are growing up now who are 15 now are far more concerned about having straight and white teeth compared to 15-year-olds 50 years ago. So that's just a generational shift that's happened. And a lot of it is to do with the fact that we're a wealthier country now. And as a result, aesthetics and cosmetics tends to kind of go okay. hand in hand with that. But did we not talk before um, about also the issue of uh, the, the state-sponsored dentistry in the sense that uh, people who, who would qualify for medical cards or whatever and therefore would get dental treatment, that that is being reduced consistently by the state so less and less people are actually going to the dentist and, and we're seeing consequent rise in, in uh, teeth falling out or whatever. Is that so? Yeah, well, I mean, the main the main problem is that when people, you know, when the medical card scheme was gutted in 2010, when the IMF came in, and uh, so the, P- the PRSI scheme was virtually collapsed. All that was left was the examination. Uh, the medical card scheme was cut back to the point where you're allowed to have an examination and two fillings a year, but as many teeth out as you wanted, which was this perverse incentive built into a system. So 
Um, as a result of that, fewer people have come to see the dentist and had few and had, had less treatment. Um, and but have had more teeth pulled out. Well, they have had more teeth pulled out if they've come. But what has happened, unfortunately, is some people don't come, and as a result, they develop very serious dental infections, and then for, they will end up in accident emergency in general hospitals. There's been a thirty eight percent increase in attendance at general hospitals across the country in the last five years sorry. from dental infections. Okay, sorry, my guest is Keith Redmond of Redmond Dentist in Sutton. People, I mean, I, obviously, if I had something wrong with my teeth, I'd go to a dentist. But you're suggesting people go to accident and emergency. That's a new wrinkle, surely. No, if you, if you think about it, if you'd neglected your teeth to the point where you'd not been to the dentist in several years, you then developed a, a massive dental infection where your face was incredibly swollen um, and it's middle of the evening or over the weekend, people do tend to just uh, attend the accident emergency hospitals and then they're generally admitted, to be perfectly frank, and they're given intravenous antibiotics because a dental infection can be incredibly serious to your airway. So we've seen a 38% increase, as I say, in hospital attendance at A&E from dental infections in the last five years, that is a direct consequence of the fact that people no longer go to the dentist because they haven't had access through the state schemes. All right, well, listen, hang on a minute there, Keith. Gail is on the line. Gail, how are you? Hey, George, good afternoon. Hey, listen, tell me about the hubby. What has he done? <laughs> um, well, we're just at a certain age where things are starting to go hit and miss, and uh, yeah, he he's a typical caveman, he might to, but the prices that dentists charge are quite high. So you're talking kind of 90 quid, 220 quid for an extraction. And then you've got your your x-ray on top of that as well. So he just gets to the stage where he thinks, it's hurting me, it's loose, I'm going to pull it out myself. So he's, he's managed to get a, a few out. He's determined not to go to the dentist and say, we don't have the money in fairness to go to the dentist that regularly. So he just takes matter to, to But hold a while. I, I'm going to bring Keith in a minute. But while you're there, if you don't have very much money, do you not qualify for a medical card? Unfortunately not, no. Oh, I see. This is... No. The, the, we're, all right. low, we're low earners. All right, okay. Now, how does he pull them out? What system does he use? He has a variety of systems. He had our son, um, who gladly kind of saved to pull it out and it's mostly with thread um, not attached to door handles unfortunately just just with kind of brute force and ignorance and, and, and manliness it's a man thing George I wouldn't ever I mean I think I'd well, hold on if, if he's pulled six out like he must be toothless how does no, he well, how does he eat his fillet steak in the he, evening with he chips he has a beautiful smile, and we won't go into the details on the phone, because he's only, only throttling me, George. But uh, <laughs> this is only a text that turned into a phone call, so I'm sure I'm going to get a phone call when I'm off here. But, um, but yeah, and I think a lot of people a lot of people would... Uh, I think it's mostly men and women. I'd go to the dentist I, for fear. Okay, hold on a minute. Keith, what do you think? He's a caveman. No well, no, I, I tell you, I've, I have heard... We, I mean, I'm out here in Sutton and Hoth, and we've got the fishermen out in Hoth who are hardy men. And when they go out to sea for a couple of weeks on end, they have come into me with half bits of teeth taken out that the, their friends tried to pull out for them on the, on the, sh- on the boats. So I, I've heard this kind of story before. Now, I, if... Uh, I, I'm sorry, I didn't quite catch the lady's name. Gail, Gail. If Gail's husband can pull out six teeth, you know, I, I think maybe he should be looking for a job with me, to be perfectly frank. <laughs> uh, but... Um, I, if if he's gotten to the stage where the teeth can be pulled out with thread, they're obviously very loose. So yeah. I would imagine I would imagine that's the that's the issue. And like if if I wouldn't let's let's just say for other people listening, I wouldn't try this at home. <laughs> he, he just has to, he has to keep his big burly biker persona going. That's all right. <laughs> now, but hold a minute here, both of you. I am a of a certain age and b a keen movie buff, Keith. Okay, right, yeah. And the greatest love in movie history of course was the great 
Clark Gable of the 1930s and 40s. Now, when Gable went to Hollywood, they pulled out all his teeth. There was right. nothing wrong with him. They pulled them all out uh, and they gave him false teeth. And the false teeth in the 30s mightn't have been great because he looked better. So why don't we all, with the modern technology of false teeth, why don't we just get all the teeth pulled out and we'd be, then we wouldn't have any problems? Well, tragically, there isn't a heck of a lot of modern technology when it comes to false teeth. I mean, we can use implants to help false teeth uh, kind of sit more solidly. But at the end of the day, your own teeth are obviously going to be far better than that. So nowadays we have the techniques and the, and the materials to hold people's teeth onto, into, their, into their, their late ages. And that's definitely superior to having teeth removed and having false teeth. Yeah, in my mother's time, you would get a wedding present of having all your teeth pulled as so that you'd look well on your wedding day. That happened bride. to my grandmother. My grandmother did that at 21. She had quite um, pronounced front teeth, and as a wedding present, her parents bought her a complete clearance of all of her teeth and a pair of dentures, and she thought they were wonderful. So, <laughs> different <laughs> times, different times. All right, Alison Wexford says it's not a man thing, Gail. She pulls her own teeth. Oh, so, geez. listen, I have to go. I mean, the pro- in, in 30 minutes on the programme, I've been talking about dogs, cats, and pulling teeth out. I can't take any more. I'll have to go and get a cup of tea. I'm so... Uh, upset about all this. My thanks to my guest, Keith Redmond of Redmond Dentist Sutton and of course the wonderful Gail, married to one of the great heroic men of Ireland. High Noon with George Hook. Thanks to ClaytonHotels.com with 17 hotels across Ireland and the UK.